Thanks for tuning in to the Purely Woman podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest creations and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to help you make the most from your sex and relationships. Now, welcome your host, Leanne Young. Hello, and welcome back to the Purely Woman podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Young, and joining me on the show today is Lauren Chiron. Lauren started the company Women of a Certain Stage to help women understand the menopause and how it affects our bodies. Let's welcome Lauren to the show. Thank you, Leanne. Yes, hi. So I'm Lauren Churin and I set up Women of a Certain Stage after leaving a senior role in financial services, believing I had early onset dementia. And when I went to my doctor, I discovered that I'd just been through menopause. So at that moment in time, I, I realized that I had to reinvent myself and it was my mission to make sure that no other woman went through what I did. And how old were you when that happened? I was in my early 40s. Wow. So you were working in the city and you just suddenly started having symptoms. It really scared you, thinking you had dementia. Yeah, it was really weird. I went from being the go-to senior leader, um, the only female in my team, and any upcoming leaders I was mentoring as they were progressing through the organisation Nothing was too much. I loved my job. I had great teams globally and managing great big budgets. And it was, you know, nothing was a problem. And then I started struggling to speak up in meetings, forgetting where I needed to be next, not quite recalling what things I needed to get out of each interaction I had with different colleagues. I had started having palpitations. In one meeting, I actually remember sitting on, sitting on a chair with my boss and my director, holding on to the side of the chair and thinking that if I so much as breathed in the wrong direction, I was going to faint. Wow. All of a sudden, everything just became a bit weird. And I genuinely thought that I had early onset dementia. So oh, that, that must have been terrifying. It wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've gone through menopause. I've got, I, I, I only suffered for a short while, thank God. Mm-hmm. So how long did you suffer for him? But what did you do to seek help? Well, I probably was suffering for about 18 months. And I didn't seek help because I didn't realise what was going on. And I just figured that, you know, it was just something else to cope with. It was just another challenge. And then when I started thinking that things were going downhill, I decided to exit from work because I didn't want to be seen to be weak. I'm a sole parent and I was senior leader. And the last thing I wanted to do was feel that as a female in the workplace, especially in a male dominated environment, that I needed to go and ask for help. So it wasn't really until I went to my doctor and he really, really quickly figured out what was going on with me. And he was an absolute superstar. And that was a male doctor? A male doctor. Because a lot of women struggle to go to a male doctor thinking that they don't understand. Mm. Well, I think I was going to the doctor believing I had early onset dementia. So I, I didn't, it didn't cross my mind about what was actually going on. And to be honest with you, the stories I hear from my clients about interactions with GPs is sadly really, really disappointing, but they don't get very much training in menopause, some, somewhere between five and seven hours in their whole medical training. Wow, that's so such a short time to be trained, especially in menopause when it's, it happens to every female. I know, shocking. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's something that has to be more openly spoken about and it mm-hmm. probably does need more training. And hearing that medics only have to have five to seven hours means that we have to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. which is what women of a certain stage is doing. So tell me exactly what you're offering your customers and women of a certain stage. What is the purpose? What is your target audience? And what you're doing for the people that come to your site? So we've got we've got two different aspects to the business. And one is to educate employers, 
help them understand what menopause is, take that fear factor, remove the taboo, help them appreciate that it's just a natural life phase. And if they put the right mechanisms in place, the right processes and support in place in the workplace, their female talent can thrive through menopause. Don't have to be worried and ashamed about talking about it or hiding away, pretending that some other form you know, of illness or sickness or a mental health issue. So if we can make it open in the workplace and we can have really strong, proactive menopause policies or guidance, then it makes this whole life stage a lot more positive for women. So one thing is about engaging the workplace, raising awareness, helping line management and colleagues understand what menopause is and embracing it. We do it with pregnancy, but we don't do it with menopause yet. So we're on that route. And that's a big, big, big challenge for businesses to to really be able to hold on to their female talent who've got a wealth of knowledge, experience and skills. The other side of it is working with women going through menopause, giving them the, the skills, the tools, the resources that they need to understand what's going on with their body, to know what the right things to do for them are, because every woman is different. So we have online coaching programs that people can take um, at their own pace. And then we have teams of health coaches who can take people through a program of activities and coaching and mentoring so that they can absolutely thrive during menopause. And that the one-to-one programs, the coaching and mentoring programs are tailored to the individual because everyone is that little bit different and everyone's journey through menopause varies. Absolutely. And how did, what's the reaction you've got? I mean, you, you do the, um, you go to companies to talk about menopause and helping mm-hmm. their employees. Are they giving any kind of, um, you know, like when, when you're pregnant, you can go on, have some maternity leave. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in the workplace where, you know, women of a certain stage, which is your company, um, when we hit that time and we are suffering, people, people, the effects of menopause can be fatigue, they can be low mood, they can be anger, frustration, um, insecurities, exhaustion. Is there anywhere in a workplace that actually gives women time off to deal with that transition in their life? My clients, my, my corporate clients that I'm working with are putting th- putting mechanisms in place now. So they're starting off by raising awareness, doing sessions with their colleagues to help them understand what it's all about. And then what I encourage my clients to do is actually ask their workforce what they want. Ask the line managers, what support do they need to recognise the signs and symptoms in a, in a colleague experiencing menopause? How to open a conversation with them. And for the women themselves, getting a really good understanding, whether it's flexible working, whether it's loose clothing that can be layered up, whether it's fans on the desk or sitting under natural light, you know, asking the women, what what is it that we can do to help ease this phase of your life and support you through it? And we're also looking now at, with a couple of my clients, we're, we're putting um, coaching programs together. So a bit like the returning to work after maternity, having a coaching session when you identify that you've just started experiencing menopause symptoms. So something to raise that awareness within the colleague, helping them understand what they can do for themselves, because it's important to take responsibility, but also embrace the conversation with the employer so that they can ask for the types of things that they need to help them thrive. No, I mean, it's a wonderful job that you're doing because I never really had much information myself. And I was was 37 years old, so I didn't really have the Mm. information and I didn't have friends that I could really talk to either because they had never been through the menopause at that age. And I mean, I went completely crazy, I think. <laughs> Driving <laughs> along, I lost my way home. I was mm. at a phone shop and the guy wouldn't serve me uh, fast enough. So I chucked the counter over. Um, <laughs> in, in complete frustration, yes, I did get banned from the shop and I did go out and burst out <laughs> crying in my car and wondering what was happening to me. 
Um, and yeah. So I knew that something was wrong. I mean, how important, you know, so you, you, you cater for companies and you cater for individuals. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And w- tell me a little bit about the courses that they go through. Now, tell me a little bit about your background. Oh, I've got, I've got a really mixed background. So I went to university at 16 and I read psychology. I was supposed to be doing a double maths and computing course, but um, unbeknownst to my parents at the time, I switched course. It seemed like a bit of an easier life. Um, So I came out of university with a psychology degree and that was half specialising in business and half specialising in clinical psychology, which is something I was really, really passionate about um, back then. I have 12 years doing global operations roles and then I stepped away from that after doing electronic. I did the national rollout for the home office of electronic monitoring for offenders, which was a really fast, furious piece of work. And I stepped away from that and retrained as a personal trainer, sports therapist, nutritional advisor. So I had uh, had an absolute ball for about a decade working with all sorts of celebrity clients and traveling overseas with some of our elite sports teams. and, And that was a blast. Yeah, it sounds like I, a great life. <laughs> it was good fun. I, I can't say it was a hardship. Great way to, to, to earn a living. And then my son came along and there were a few challenges. So I couldn't just jump on a plane. And I was sadly a single parent um, by the time I had him. And it was a case of having to have a more regular, um, more regular hours, more regular hours job. So I went back into the corporate world. I worked my way up quite quickly in financial services in transformation doing lots of big change programs and I loved it. It was great fun. I loved the intellectual challenge and it was really only when menopause came along that I kind of was knocked for six. And so I kind of, my my feedback as a leader is that I'm very, I'm very good coach. I'm very pace setting. So I push my people, but I bring the best out in them. And when I left work and couldn't really face the, the, the prospect of going back into the corporate world again, I decided to train as a coach. So I started doing business coaching and executive coaching, and I knew that I want to support women going through what I'd just been through. But the missing link was the health coaching. So when I discovered another coaching school who specialises in that area and the British Menopause Society and also the British uh, Medical Journal, I pulled together some training on menopause, some training on gynecological health and also my health coaching and some advanced coaching programs as well. So the whole blend, I think, from the psychology through the personal training, nutrition and coaching, bringing that all together, uh, I think gives me a really powerful package to help support people going through that life phase. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so, especially would be having the health coach side as well Mm -hmm. and the psychology. Mm -hmm. Now, because you have that side, you must um, be aware of supplements that can help menopause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'm not qualified to give um, advice, but I have got really good connections with different supplement companies. And I've got, you know, there's people globally that I can recommend for women to talk to, because again, we've got to be a little bit careful with um, recommending different supplements. There's plenty in the market that are well known for helping with different symptoms. But because your hormones are fluctuating quite regularly, you might find that taking something might work for three, six months and then suddenly it's not working anymore. So it's about having someone trusted that you can talk to and just keep keep you know an eye on what's working for you, um, what your symptoms are and, and how they're changing over the course of your, your perimenopause and menopause. And, and what about um, going on to the sexual side? Because a lot of women, especially single mothers, and I'm a single mother and I'm a single woman when I went into menopause, Mm-hmm. Um, and sex was very important to me. 
and the side effects of menopause, like, you know, being dry down below and, you know, having lack of libido. Um, do you provide education on that side as well? Yeah, I tend to I tend to work with couples and I've worked more with couples than I have with individuals, but it is something that comes up regularly. So one of the key things, especially if you are suffering with vaginal dryness or vaginal atrophy, is to have that conversation with your partner and explain what's going on. Or if you're on your own, um, there are a couple of different places that you can start. So first of all, it's looking at natural lubricants, looking at um, natural moisturizers. One of the key things I've learned is that you should moisturize down below as much as you moisturize your face. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So that's that's you know first place to start. So using regular moisturizing, regular lubricants, using products that are um, natural for your skin and there's some brewing companies out there that you can get products from. They'll send you samples and they're also available on prescription as well now from GP. That's a great place to start. So I would always recommend people start there yeah. and then start to look at um, how how they're beginning to feel on, you know, with, with the, the dryness, whether that's helping. If that's helping, then start looking at if they're on their own. It depends whether you're on your own and you're pleasuring yourself or whether you're with a partner and, you know, you're, you're pleasuring each other. So then it's looking at different ways that you can start to build up that interaction Many clients, I, by the time they come to me, often they haven't been sexually active for two, three, four years. And they might be on the verge of a, a relationship breakdown as a result of that. Absolutely, because sex and intimacy is a real big part of a relationship. Mm, massive, massive. So in, in that case, it would be, I'm very much looking for the woman to start to explore her own body and understand, you know, what she what she would enjoy, what she would like, what she can tolerate looking at what her starting point is mm -hmm. and that could be you know that could be self-stimulation it could be using some sort of sort of sex toy um and just looking to see what where she's at and where she wants to go to and then working out a little plan of action with her and then building in if she's with a partner then building in how they can do that together as well now that's really useful i mean you know being a single woman i mean i've um, obviously i've had liaisons in the past you know before and after having menopause and men you know, they try. And I, what I always say to every woman is they can't read a road, roadmap. And if you just mm -hmm. put a sat-nav sat -nav in a car, it's going to tell you where to go. That's right. You know, but unless you put that information into that sat-nav, you're not going to get to your destination. Correct. So, it, so it's about communication. 100%. Communication the whole way through menopause um, is vital, absolutely vital. And tell me a little bit, because I know that we did speak briefly before about the five love languages. Oh, yeah. So the five love languages, you can look up the five love languages online and it's a little quiz that you can dip into. And the thing that I love about it is that we all express our like, our love, our appreciation and gratitude for our nearest and dearest in different ways. So for me, I might just want to hug somebody and have that physical touch. And if, the, you know, when you first get together, have a hug and a kiss. And if and that, whether that's your, my son or my, my mum, dad or my partner, whatever, that's just what I love. I just love that physical contact. That's what I thrive on. If I get that from someone, I know that that's me feeling the love from them. Mm -hmm. However, if for them, it's receiving. If it's if for them, it's by me making dinner for them or arranging a little surprise for them or, you know, tidying up something in the house for them or, or, or doing a job for them, just taking the burden off of their day to day. 
then that's how they're receiving my love. Yep, I get that. So if, yep. So if I if they keep on doing things for me and they think they're helping me out by doing stuff around the house or, you know, doing jobs for me and I'm sat there going, Yeah, but I just want a cuddle. Yeah. I I hear you. The yeah, so I need I and I think it's really important for people to understand how they give love and how they receive love and to understand what that is in their their closest people. Because if you can have that again, it comes back to exactly what you said. It's about that communication. So if you understand what it is your partner needs or your your child needs or your friend needs, you can provide it for them in a way that's really meaningful. And they can they can just it just elevates how someone how someone uh, feels. Absolutely. And there's a totally difference between wants and needs. I mean, especially when going through menopause um, for myself, I needed to seek help. I needed advice. Um, I, because I still wanted sex, I still wanted a relationship and I still wanted to be my old self. Um, and a lot of women are scared to go and seek help. I mean, what would your advice be to those women? I definitely would say the first thing you have to do is get seriously honest with yourself. The first step for me is just really recognising what's going on, understanding what it is that you, you know, where you want to get to or back to or move, move through Find someone to talk to. Now, whether that's someone like me who's a coach and can take you through a process to really get honest about where you're at and where you want to move to, or whether it's your GP, whether it's a nurse or it's a counsellor, it's whoever you feel most comfortable talking to. But definitely, if you need medical intervention, if you need something like a local oestrogen, like something like an internal oestrogen that you can apply, it's not HRT, but it is enough to stimulate the cells um, internally and to start to remove the dryness and reju- rejuvenate the, the atrophy and start to get things moving again. If that's what you need, then you need to get down to your doctors. Don't mess around buying products online. Get your doctor and, and ask them about local oestrogen that can be implied internally, internally. And again, something that maybe isn't appropriate for today, um, but if you've got your smear test coming up and you're suffering with dryness as well, it's useful to get some local oestrogen for two or three weeks beforehand so that you don't have an uncomfortable experience when you go for your smear. Yeah, because like you hear that you hear the stories of it being so painful. I mean, I went mm. I went dry during my menopause, and it was that's the first thing, that's the first kind of um, physical change that I noticed was a dryness. Now, I did get asked earlier, like I was actually in a room full of guys, and they were like, "Look, you know, women understand what HRT is, but for some viewers, they won't understand." So I'm just going to make it clear: it's hormone replacement therapy. Okay, because I did get asked to make sure I sure. say that. Now, when it comes to the estrogen of the cream that you that you use down below to rub in, now, my doctor told me that that's to heighten the sex drive again. Um, for not, some for some women, it does. Yeah, um, I think libido and actual vagina, vaginal atrophy and dryness are two quite different things. Mm-hmm. So your psychological approach to wanting to be intimate and wanting to be physical and close to somebody is quite different from your ability to be able to do that. Well, it's desire and, what, and arousal as well, are two separate things. Absolutely. So I think from, from the libido point of view, quite often women that I know who have struggled in that space will have a conversation with their doctor about testosterone as well, because quite often that's, a, that's another aspect of going through menopause, that testosterone levels drop off. For some women, testosterone levels actually spike. I mean, they're, they're only tiny, but they do go up a little bit post-menopause. Um, but a lot of the time with lack of libido, and I'd, I'd love to hear your view as well, but it is more about the psychological side. 
So it's working with people's mindset and looking at their desires and then building up relationships from from scratch again and just looking at how people are communicating and how they again coming back to how they want to express themselves. Yeah, well, well, for me, it's I, it took, I mean, for me, I embraced menopause and I um, became a woman. Before that, I was a lady, and before being a lady, I was a girl. Um, and I feel that I've gone through three stages. And coming into menopause, I knew that there was something wrong. And because I've always enjoyed sex, I mean, twenty years ago, I was an, um, an adult star. Um, so sex has always been a very important part of my life. So the minute that I saw it going down, I knew that I had to go and seek medical help um, because. I want to be having sex till I'm about 80. You know, I, Why I, stop at 80? Absolutely. Well, that's true. I'm hoping I live longer than 80, but I think the average age of 80, that's why I say 80. <laughs> Although I've seen a 102-year-old lady on YouTube yesterday still doing yoga and bending in many positions. Oh. So who knows? I may still uh, be having sex when I'm 100. I hope so. Well, hey. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think everybody needs to be aware that sex is about recreation. It is good for our health. And menopause shouldn't have to mean the end of a sex life. 100% agree. No, it's, it's not. So let the audience know, where can they go to find more information on yourself? Sure. So you can look up womenofacertainstage.com. And there is also a Facebook, po- Facebook page called <laughs> Women of a Certain Stage as well. That must be menopog. <laughs> must be. You got it in one. <laughs> Lauren, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you for listening to the wonderful Lauren Sheeran on the Purely Woman podcast. Remember to give me five stars on iTunes. On the next episode, we are going to be covering the amazing topic of vagina rejuvenation. How do we get it tight again? Is it the Botox for the inner body? What different exercise can you do to tighten yours? Join me next time. This episode has been produced by Podcast Syndicator. To find out more about Podcast Syndicator, go to www.podcastsyndicator.com. You've been listening to the Purely Woman Podcast. The Purely Woman Podcast is brought to you by Simply Fat Freezing. For more details, please tweet us at purelywoman1. That's purely woman and the number one.